0: The Capital Weekly podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. <music>
1: Uh, Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is J.D. Morris of the San Francisco Chronicle, who's been writing extensively and covering extensively the uh, tribulations of Pacific Gas and Electric Company, which um, has filed for bankruptcy. So, uh, J.D., welcome. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks for having me. What's what's happening right now? What's the latest with PG&E that we should know about?
0: Well, actually, right now as we speak, I believe they are um, in bankruptcy court. They're having um, sort of their first uh, substantive hearing before the bankruptcy court
1: judge. My uh, colleague Bob Agelka, our court reporter, is there, so that oh, I can. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I used to work with Bob many years ago at the Associated oh, really? Press. He was our court reporter uh, as well. Quite a quite a court report. You guys are doing great. So. Yeah.
0: Thanks, thanks. Yeah, Bob's awesome. Um, but yeah, so they're in bankruptcy court right now. Um, there's, They've got a bunch of motions. Um, it's fairly complicated stuff, but sort of the way I understand it, at least, is that after they file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, they kind of everything, all major decisions of the company go under the purview of the bankruptcy court. Uh And one of the first things that they have to do is they got to get approval from the judge to continue operating their business as normal. Um, So they've got a range of motions, um, you know, asking for um, them to keep paying their employees in the way that they um, are used to doing um, and kind of keeping the business going Um, as the process moves on, the way I understand it at Uh least, um, they will start to get into more of the complicated questions of how should this massive enterprise be reorganized. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Do do the rate payers, or do you know if the customer, I mean, obviously one of the ideas there is to keep providing power and energy and electricity to customers. So is the hope that that continues unabated?
0: Yes, yes. Everyone says that the lights will stay on, that the gas will keep being provided. I've not seen anything that contradicts that. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why the 16 million people who um, get gas and electricity from PG&E should worry that that service will be interrupted at this point in time. And I don't see anything on the horizon that would jeopardize that either. It's Uh important to understand... So, this is a Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization. It is not a Toys R Us style liquidation. Yeah. You know, wow. PGE is not going out of business. They are sort of trying to restructure their enterprise because of this massive wildfire liability that they're staring yeah. down uh, and the significant credit downgrades that they got because of that, um, yeah. which made it hard for them to access the capital, the financing that they need to keep the business operating uh-huh. um, on an ongoing basis.
1: They, they're an investor-owned utility, so, it, uh, so I would guess Wall Street has a, um, at some point Wall Street is involved in this. Are they? Is there yep. somebody re- representing stockholders and shareholders in this in, in court, do you know, or how does that play out?
0: You know, I don't actually know. I've um, got to admit, I'm not a bankruptcy expert, but i uh-huh. uh, <laughs> sure. trying to become one on the fly. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't know how all of the parties are represented um, in court, but there's a lot of them. And sure. there's, a, there's a lot of lawyers working on this and a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, who are sitting at the table. Um, so I I would expect probably in some fashion, yeah. Uh Um, I mean, I think the ratepayer advocates um, also, uh, you know, get involved. Um, You can become a party to the proceeding, which means, so like the Public Utilities Commission, for instance, um, you know, expects its lawyers to have a seat at the table um, because they're going to play a big role here too. So Uh at some point, PG&E going to be reorganized in some way. We don't... There's a lot of different forms that that could take. We don't know what is likely. It's going to be really complicated and yeah. possibly fought vigorously. Um, but whatever reorganization does happen, the Public Utilities Commission is going to have to approve that. That's what they told me, at least. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think... Do you th- do you see any
1: possibility? Uh, do you see any possibility? i just seen stories on this over the last, I don't know, week or two of... Yeah. Um, of PG&E getting broken up somehow into pieces, I've heard suggestions yep. in San Francisco. Could they take over a piece of PG&E and have a municipal utility of some sort? Would other municipalities be interested in that? Does because it's a huge outfit? Do you, is a break a potential breakup here? Something that could be coming, or is that very unlikely given the way things are playing out so far? Do you have any sense of that? Uh,
0: it's really difficult at this early stage to say what is likely. What I can tell you is that that is a conversation that is happening on multiple fronts. So you brought up San Francisco, that's totally true. Um you've got city leaders in San Francisco who want to take a close look at possibly um you know creating a more fully fledged municipal Yeah. Utility here, Um, we already have Clean Power SF, so it's a little complicated, but San Francisco doesn't own any of the, um, you know, electric distribution assets in the city, and so there are calls from some of the city officials to start looking at that. It's really complicated, though, and it would be, um, you know, a, a, a tough endeavor to pull off, Mm-hmm. Um, one issue that my sources have already brought up to me is that, well, San Francisco. I had one guy describe it to me as being the crown jewel of the pg system. So, if you think about it, it's a highly dense customer mm-hmm. base. The assets here are very valuable. Yeah. The, the fire risk is really low, and because it's so dense, um, you the like operating costs are more efficient than in other places, and it's just a lot of people. So if San Francisco tries to exit the system, then you also have to look at who is being left behind. You know, Mm -hmm. would you have the possibility of kind of stranding people who live in places like the North Bay that are more rural where the fire risk is really high and the population is way lower. And I believe at least the assets are less valuable. And so what would happen to those people and their bills? And is that equitable? And, Uh you know, all of that. So there's a conversation around that, that definitely needs to happen. Um, And there's, it's also like when, when anybody talks about municipalization, I think there are multiple ways to do it. The two biggest examples in California right now are the Los Angeles department of water and power, Mm -hmm. which, um, from my understanding is it's like a city department, right? Mm -hmm. But then in Sacramento, you guys have SMUD, which is very different and Mm -hmm. operates from what I've seen. SMUD is kind of more like BART, right? Like you guys like elect people to like sit on SMUD mm -hmm. to operate it. And it's more of like a regional entity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, those, those conversations, um, are, are definitely happening. There's a lot of calls also from activists who, uh, like Democratic Socialists of America, who really want, um, you know, public power. Um, mm-hmm. They've been causing a ruckus at the Public Utilities Commission meetings uh, about you know, it's that. it's interesting. So the
1: the uh, politics piece of this, uh, we've covered here in Sacramento uh, over the years involving PG&E. And, and, and at one point, Proposition 16 went to a vote. was turned down, but as PG&E had spent, my memory is they'd spent over $45 million to basically make it harder for locals to set up municipal utility districts. Right. And um, uh, so there would be an irony here if PG ultimately were to be broken up into one or more municipal utility districts. I'm not sure if people would be dancing on the pg grave here, but there would there is a certain political, uh, what goes up comes down and what happens one day, you know, there's a reaction to something the next day. It, it would be interesting if, if there's a breakup of some sort. I mean, obviously nobody knows Super now. But, uh,
0: and I, I don't know what pg itself is going to back. The company has been very vague, but has been saying repeatedly in public statements that um, it Itself, I think, is studying, you know, different structural options and that it's open to a range of options and wants to work with regulators and other stakeholders to figure out the best path going forward, which makes sense because, I mean, they are filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, so that's sort of them saying, like, they know they need to reorganize. Um, But I don't have any insight yet as to, like, what path the company wants to pursue Sure. other than, um, you know, possibly it seems maybe they're open to breaking up the gas and electric sides of the business. So, J.D., Um, do you have a sense of what the timeline is on this, how long it's going to take for them to get the the proceedings moving and get the bankruptcy in order and and possibly come out of this? Is there any hint there of, of the length of time this is going to take? Yeah, they've been saying they expect it to last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually pretty... That's pretty good. That, I mm-hmm. think the that, last time they went bankrupt, it, it was three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2001 they went in, and then yeah. before they came out.
1: Yeah. Um, there So much has been reported, and so much has happened in the last couple of years uh, with the wildfires, and uh, especially Paradise, but also the Tubbs fire, which I understood you were... Uh, active on the team that wound up getting a Pulitzer, the Press Democrat, for that. Um, yep. These, these yep. are those getting tangled up, um, the claims and the um, you, you know the victims' claims and the claims to insurers for compensation. Is that all part of the this PG&E uh, bankruptcy proceedings? That separate? Is that a separate court or? They seem to be tangled up together. I I see references to them in lots and lots of coverage. I'm just wondering: do we separate them out, or is it one big pile of stuff we have to wade through?
0: They are. It's for the public. I think it's best to think of it at this point as one big pile of stuff to Uh sort through. Unfortunately, Um, looks like they now go; those parties go into bankruptcy court. Um, And they have to resolve their claims that way. And Uh so it may... We'll we'll see how it works out. Mm -hmm. But it seems likely that the bankruptcy filing will make that... Adds a new layer of complication um, to trying to resolve those claims and could possibly delay it. The fire victims could also see lower payouts than they may have otherwise but we'll see. Uh, okay
1: okay. Uh, would that be something yeah. the judge could, um, the, the the court could adjudicate, and so they could decide the level of payouts or make rulings on the level of payout that would be consistent with what pay, PG&E says it can provide. I guess if it's still operating, it's getting revenues coming in, so they're they've got they they will have incoming money. So the, I guess the question would be if they could actually. Meet the demands of, of um, people who believe they were victimized by PG&E or her filing claims.
0: Yeah, I mean that's my understanding too, but we're, we're going to have to see how it how it works out. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: do you know outside of you mentioned San Francisco and it's, um, it's it is densely populated and it's more efficiently. Uh, Able to serve, PGE is more efficiently able, I would think, to serve customers there than in the rural areas. Do you know if out in the rural areas, is there any move um, to have their own municipal utilities established there? Uh, I know there's some out there. I, I'm just wondering, is there any concerted move now, or people just sort of watching and waiting to see what happens with this? That's
0: a very good question. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, I don't know the answer. As, now,
0: <laughs> leave as it turns out, um, I. Was talking to a Sonoma County supervisor uh, recently mm-hmm. for a story that I did after the Tubbs fire report came out, and um, she was very. This was Shirley Vane, um, and she was very supportive uh-huh. of looking at uh, public utility. So I know that's one person. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah. I've not. I, I've not like uh, aside from talking to her about that. I've not. Yeah had a chance yet to um kind of survey the political landscape sure. in the more rural areas yeah. um so yeah. well, I, I, know, I do know that one prominent voice though and she represents um santa rosa uh-huh. central santa rosa Runa park so including fountain grove yeah. which is pretty devastated in the tubs fire so that's that's one voice um, really? and if she's saying that it wouldn't surprise me if there are others but um you know as you said um it, it's not San
1: Francisco, so. Well, it's interesting to me. I, you know, when you mentioned the, the two thousand one, you know, electricity deregulation crisis and PG right. going into bankruptcy, then was interesting that because the municipal utilities weren't included in that uh, deregulation scheme, the way the investor owned utilities were, it wound up that some of these big utilities like PG and E were buying power. From uh, I remember one district was Elmud, the Lassen Municipal Utility District, which is a small district, but they wound up being able to sell power to the bigger utility, the IOUs that needed it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how that, I, I, you know, I suppose everything's back to normal now in Lassen and Susanville and other places. But um, if the outcome of the PG&E bankruptcy is that we see smaller municipal utilities across the landscape, that would be very, I think that would be very interesting. I have, like you, I have absolutely no, I, no way of telling the future. But I bet there is some interest. You mentioned one person. I bet there might be some other people interested on that. So I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. but uh,
0: um, Yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, that's not easy. Carving yeah. out a municipal utility, I think it, it's a lot more difficult than a lot of people realize. Yeah. Um, and you have to think about, I mean, not only, like, the asset transfers and all that, but, um, and, and, and the geographical boundaries and how it's governed and what have you, but also the liabilities and how you share that and exit fees and a whole mess of things that, um, would have to be worked out that would take a very, very long time to yeah. sort out, I believe. It would not, creating municipal any mun- new municipal utility district anywhere would not be a easy or short process by any stretch of the imagination. So uh-huh. if people are looking at that as, as a quick fix, um, I think they will be disappointed yeah. in how that uh, plays out over time.
1: Okay, fair enough. J.D. Morris of the San Francisco Chronicle, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. We're going to look to you to explain all this in terms we can understand. Words of one syllable. (laughs) I don't know if that'll be easier. But uh, thanks again for taking your time, and um, and we will see you next time around. This is John Howard with Tim Foster again. JD, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Great, thank you. Yep, Yep. take Take care. care. You.